0: And Welcome to the Weekly Baguette. This week, EC money. Easy money? Okay. EC money as Le Pen refuses to repay misspent EU cash and Fion is for after police raid parliament to discover exactly what his wife did for her 500,000. Which is funny because it's the same thing that Fion is trying to pin down. Cold case as Iceland is rocked by a rare murder and Harvard Hydrogen hopes as researchers claim to have compressed hydrogen gas into a metal. And we're live.
1: Oh yeah. Hello, good evening. Easy money? Easy, easy money. Easy money. Easy money. Yeah, Easy. Man. Easy, man. That's, that's I'm money. Paul,
0: I'm joined as I am each
2: week by Dave. yo And Deep. Hello. And uh, where are we going to start? I don't know. I'm just uh, there's so much going on all the time. Uh, these uh, these these podcasts. So I, I'm feeling like I I don't want to start anywhere. We've got our Rumple Thinskin pot in the middle there. Anyone who mentions the T word uh, pays five euros. I've got a lot of cash in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so so <laughs> you know, Rumple Thinskin. Uh, Rumple Thinskin. The, uh, the Cheeto fund. The thing is the thing is I'm afraid he might be able to slip through the slot with his really tiny hands. <laughs> So yeah,
0: um, let's just g- let's bash through f- some French news quickly. Yeah, because uh, that's bash why that's why everyone tunes in after all.
1: Yeah, right. They just so, you know, so keep their stoked. finger on the pulse of the, the Gaelic pride.
0: So Le Pen, who has spent her entire life opposed to the EU and is paid by the EU for her her you know troubles, which I guess is a nice bit of democratic uh, inclusion, uh, is going to have her pay docked after she has refused to repay thirty thousand euros to the uh, EU. I think it was more than thirty thousand. No, I think it was thirty thousand. Okay.
2: I'm not sure. I, 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 I'm
1: sorry. I heard, okay. I heard. I heard. I heard three hundred thousand. Am I a uh, looking up guy? Yeah, we're missing you... our we're missing our tech guy today. So
2: then you know what? They just probably exaggerated it on the radio. No, it may well be three hundred thousand.
0: It'd be nicer if it was. It'd take a longer to pay it back. So she is basically going to be on half. Uh, you can't. Can I use Siri? No, what? you can't. Siri in, in mid hey, podcast. Hello, Siri. Just
2: type in Le Pen 300000 <laughs> Jesus so, s- Such professionalism. Oh, this is a beautiful podcast. Uh,
0: anyway, so the point being that however much she, she <laughs> potentially misappropriated, I mean, right. she's, she's been done for it. She's, she's going to have to pay this money back. And so what they do is they, uh, they cut her pay by half. Uh, so she'll be getting half of her usual
2: 7000 a month plus expenses. Right, and apparently she tried getting a loan out 300000 300, 300 yeah 000. so okay. she tried getting a loan out for this three hundred thousand to pay it back and the banks refused her yeah well she's got problems with banks she can't raise
0: any money in France and uh, her Russian uh bank first bank first
2: Russian bank of uh, the Czech Republic if I remember correctly I <laughs> yeah, yeah that's like don't, that's you a, a <laughs> don't you have an account there uh, no, not in the Czech Republic. Yeah, but I mean, I, w- I stayed there for a while. Uh,
0: it it was so dodgy; it had its uh, banking license stripped in Russia, so she can't get money from them anymore. Yeah. So she's had to borrow money money from Daddy.
2: Oh, Dad, they're back together.
1: <laughs> yeah, financially, they're back together. Financially, Ooh,
2: Papa, I'm sorry for what I said. Now could yeah. you lend me you some? Three hundred k, Dad. Sorry for calling you toxic, but don't worry, I'll make you vice president. <laughs> uh,
0: and so yeah, so she's um. Well, I didn't know that she tried to borrow money to pay it back. Yeah, hey. that,
2: that, that's... I mean, you know, you hear shit, and I, I was listening to a story about it today, and she she tried borrowing money to pay it back. Obviously, something's going on if she doesn't have the money to do it, or either it's a facade saying, "Oh, yeah, I'm poor, I'm a common folk, and, you know, I'm sticking up for the people, and that's why I don't have this money. But... So this know. is money
0: which is basically uh, given to her by the EU to pay for staffers within the within her work, you know, to support her work mm. within the European Parliament. Um, and she apparently, allegedly, funneled it to her personal party uh, operatives. So she was paying essentially for her French uh, political party using EU money, which is why <laughs> she's getting in trouble.
2: Yeah, that's um, so that's what she's yeah. getting in
0: trouble for. I thought it was for the hate speech. fight. No,
1: this is, this is linked to basically her purloining f- funds. <laughs> this her is so d- we have another, another candidate in the French elections who's been taking money from the state and paying it to the wrong people illegally. Yes. Yeah, and you know, well, what, allegedly. But look at this. I mean, you know what? Well, you they, know, smoke deep, you've heard. Wire. you've
2: heard something. Paul's got his story. I've heard a few things. This is news today and I mean maybe words are the source of the problem as well, but I think that we all get, you know, different sources and people kind of it depends on what you're listening to. You're getting different angles of the story. So maybe, you know, this whole puzzle will be put together by the end of the show, you, you may be mistaking us for people who are informed. <laughs> Welcome to the no fact zone. We are, somewhat, here, you know? <laughs> we are, we are very well informed. We, we, we are, while well, try to facts be, with our we, we try to, we try to, we try to be well informed. I mean, you know.
0: Talking to people who aren't informed, can anyone tell me what Penelope uh, Fion did for her uh, five hundred thousand? Because <laughs> okay, the police, the Penelope, police would like to know. Penelope Fion is is the, the uh, wife of the Republican candidate, which is the centre right party in France, who is also uh, currently ahead in the polls for the presidential elections this mm. spring. Yeah, but he's like having him, a he's bumpy road he, right now. Oh uh, boy, and he uh, had his wife employed for you know a couple of years. Uh, ten years. Ten. ten. Ten years. And. Um, paid her 500,000 euros over that period. And uh, this came out because there was... Uh, we, we actually spoke about this briefly it's last actually week.
2: The, it's actually 800 now. Is it 800 a- now? 800,000. Oh, 800, 800, 800,000. Did she get a bonus? <laughs> she got a bonus somewhere in there. Uh, yeah. And uh, apparently nobody knows. And, you know, they, they said that she was an assistant. And in the commune, in the commune that she was... And nobody actually ever saw her. Well, this is the claim by the
0: newspaper reports is that the office she was meant to be working in, she was rarely there and seemed to have no official role.
2: Yeah, and what's happening is people are coming out with this conspiracy theory right before the elections. I mean, that's my first thought as well when I heard the story. They're trying to bring him down. But then when you see the newspaper that actually investigated, it's Le Le Canal Enchaîné. And Le Canal Enchaîné is notoriously independent. And they are really—they don't adhere to you know left or right uh, ideals. Let's say they lean more left, but um, they—they'll bring down whoever's you know in, in in their how do you say? They'll, they'll dig metal. up the rot
1: wherever it exists. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other
0: thing is, it, it's not a conspiracy theory if it's true. I,
2: exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. you know, if
0: this turns out to be—and you know—and he's come up with no good story about what she's what she's done up until this point, uh, beyond what? saying you know she was working for me, she had a legitimate job. And so the police actually raided the uh, the Houses of Parliament this week. looking Get for out. Yeah, looking for uh, information as to what yeah, she did. I didn't did. hear that part.
2: Maybe they're trying to find her.
1: <laughs> well, she's working <laughs> she's somewhere.
2: <hiding>. Actually, <laughs> she's, she's
1: spending the money faster she's tr- than she's, she's... She's trying to do $800,000 worth of work uh, <laughs> today.
2: I filed some papers.
1: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um,
0: you know, I, I don't... because. It's, it's all a little bit up in okay. the air because uh, France had a primary this year for the first time. And right. So if Fillon is forced to step down or if his campaign basically dies because of this, this scandal, if he's, if he's found guilty, then he, he faces criminal charges. Um, then I guess it goes to Juppé, who came second in the. That's right.
2: That's right. But then Juppé, something's going to come out on him, and who's going to be coming back? Yeah. Sarkozy. Oh. You imagine, okay, but you can, just you can know, imagine Juppé going, "No, look, I, I was the
0: second choice. I don't want to run. You know, this is this is a poison chalice. I'm not going to do it." in Sarkozy, "I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do
2: it." <laughs> poison but, okay, chalice. Okay, but you have to you have to understand <laughs> what, what I I was listening to um, the 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 journalist, and I, I'm sorry, I don't have the name. I forget, I'm very forgetful, um, of the journalist that was uh, that broke the story. And he was saying that, you know, these politicians are from this old guard. And things like this happened where you brought in family members and uh, declared them as assistants and got them paid. And it was kind of like looked at as normal Some, somewhere, you know, because... There was, there, there's a way of doing things, and apparently a lot of politicians do this.
0: Well, it's legal in France. You're allowed to have your family members working for you as long so as they're actually working for you.
2: Sure, then. So it's not like the nepotism law in the United States where you can't hire a family member uh, under, I mean, Trump. Unless
0: you have to be the president. Oh, five euros in the middle, five sorry. euros in the middle. Sorry. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, that's what's happening in France. So I mean, at the moment, the polls have still Fion uh, on around twenty four percent to twenty one to twenty four percent. They have uh, Le Pen on a pretty solid twenty four to twenty five percent. And then uh, Macron, who is an independent. So Le Pen is the uh, far right National Front party leader, and Macron, who is the former uh, finance minister for the government, but was not actually a member of the Socialist Party, and is running as an independent. Uh, for his own party which is called en marche which uh, is basically let's go sort of thing let's walk is
2: no en marche means yeah go forwards you know it's like
0: it means just do it basically let do it, he's yeah. it he's it's like nike. let's do he's it nike so it's, it's nike him, so
1: it's nike it's nike and then uh, but also uh, Hamon, on uh, was it Hamon? Hamon. Hamon, Hamon has won the primary for the French left. Yes. That's right. So that's kind of a big deal
0: too. So And he is polling around about 16%. He looks a lot like Robert Patrick from
1: uh, the Terminator 2 movie. I would. Oh, yeah. I don't want to take, take that guy on. He just, fuck you up. You better have a truckload of liquid nitrogen <laughs> if you're really going <laughs> to take him down. <laughs> yeah, but
2: I, I don't think he's that evil. I think um, he, he's campaigning on some ideas that might, Gain some speed if uh, Fion gets knocked out of the race. And um, wait, I got no, 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 no. He's anyone, got, anyone voting he's, for Fion is not voting for Hamon. Anyone voting for Fion is very, very disappointed right now. And and there's a lot of you know there's a split down the middle on, yeah, the, but on they, the opinion of what's going on. And they're willing to vote Macron. Uh, you know, okay. De, uh, Deep wants a word uh, in here.
1: Hamon's <laughs> plan to give away the basic living income is going to f- slow down the French economy faster than a truckload of liquid nitrogen. Is that, that what, is it, that that what you th- were pointing at your fingers? Yeah. You, that's yeah, what that's you that's wanted what to get yeah. out. He, yeah. And he
2: didn't want to forget it. So don't want to <laughs> let the moment pass. That, that, was, was, a good that one. was worth waiting for. Thanks. It was. <laughs> that was amazing. That's, that's amazing. what we tuned in for. That's what tune in for. I this is deep with a, f- <laughs> a truckload of liquid nitrogen freezing people down the road.
0: <laughs> Talking about frozen people. Uh, Iceland.
1: Oh, Speaking goodness. of frozen people, but actually that's not very good funny segue because um, Iceland uh, recorded a rare, a rare event, a rare murder of um, a, a woman, a young woman who was killed in Iceland in the capital of Reykjavik uh, recently. Really? Uh, when it, Iceland is well known for being very, very safe, people will, will pick you up. You can kind of hitchhike anywhere in the in the country. Yeah, it's an amazing country. Strangers I mean, will pick you up, and women can be you know can be walking along the side of the road in the evening or at night and uh, flag a ride from anybody going by and feel like they're secure the knowledge that they'll get home safely. Right. Until recently, this this woman, a uh, young woman, 25 years old, was uh, was missing for a couple of weeks and then they, her body uh, washed up uh, near a lighthouse. And it uh, turned out that uh, police were able to f- track her down, her movements. She left a bar at five in the morning um, by herself, drunk. And uh, they saw her pass a red car and they were able to see the license plate in the video. And... Um, they were tracked the a f- rental car. It was a rental car. And they were tracked the a license plate. Figured out there was two sailors who had just left port, uh, just ra- left Reykjavik on a boat. So the special forces flew out 70 kilometers out to sea. Really, landed on the ship, cargo ship that was going to Greenland. They were. Uh, it was a ship from Greenland. They took command of the ship, turned it around, brought it back to Iceland to Reykjavik, and arrested two of the sailors Wow. on suspicion of murder. Jesus. And um, so like They, were, they were
0: Icelandic nationals or Icelandic sailors? They weren't in international waters no, they were green, waters Greenlandic.
1: Yet. They were Greenlandic sailors. Wait, there's no such
0: place Greenland. as Greenland. Greenland.
1: Greenland, Greenland. That makes them Danish? No, it makes them Greenlandish. They are Greenland. They are a country. No, Greenland so is, is not its own country. Greenland's yes, it is. They speak Greenland they speak. Greenland speak is own country Swedish, but it's not a planet. They used to be part of Denmark, but they gained their independence.
0: Pluto is now a planet again, by the way.
1: By where? It's been...
2: It's no, it's,
1: it's on and off the classification. It is in New Mexico,
2: but not in the rest of the world. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Uh, so what? What? So they arrested those guys. They, they were in international waters. They weren't. I mean, Greenland
0: were, is an autonomous constituent country within the Danish realm between the Arctic, Atlantic, and East thank Canada. Thank you. All right, we we got yeah, that. They're clear. autonomous, bro. No, it's a Danish territory. It's an autonomous Danish territory. Yeah, was, it was autonomous.
2: Don't tell that to the Greenlanders, it's okay? Because da- they do not. Danish.
0: It's an autonomous Danish territory. So it's a, a little bit like, you know... Uh, they
2: fucking hate the Danish, dude.
0: <laughs> like in Australia, we have uh, essentially Arnhem Land that's an autonomous uh, territory within Australia.
1: Right, okay. Well, I don't think the Greenlanders call themselves Danish.
2: Well, that's
0: only because they've got a chip on their shoulder. The woman's the woman <laughs> in Iceland,
1: the woman in Iceland, her, she was 20 years old. Her name was Birna Brandortia. Sorry about the pronunciation. And uh, there was over 700 volunteers looking for her. Jesus. And they... they uh, through uh, you know researching the uh, the f- footage of the uh, from you know security camera footage they were able to track this uh, the, her wh- last sort of known movements to this rental car and two Greenlandic sailors aged 25 and 30 are being held in uh,
2: why does it have to three? be
1: goddamn sailors like are you th- sure they've been out at sea they couldn't get
2: any action but did they have to kill a girl for crying out loud what, what's their what's their uh,
1: story I don't know what the story is but apparently one of them uh, one of these two sailors had some uh, I, um charges of rape against them in greenland as well but uh, you know i, I mean this is, so there's a couple of interesting things about this article one is that a uh you know it kind of rocks greenland um you know the sense of security right. it's a blow on that sense of security that sense of community they have yeah. there which is quite unique obviously it's a unique country when they you know well I
2: not know. greenland it, it rocks iceland like, yeah iceland yeah
1: sense of security but also the fact that these uh these these special ops went out Landed on the boat that you know, by helicopter, took command of it, and then turned it around and brought it back to Iceland. That's some pretty dramatic. That's pretty
2: That's a pretty dramatic. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, but uh, they must have been still in waters in the in the uh, Icelandic waters. Uh, I think that they don't give a fuck. It's a no, no, forces. no. There's there's laws, man. Uh, d- you gotta. There's laws on the uh, yeah. special well, yeah, forces but spe- but
0: special <laughs> forces couldn't, for example, fly into a uh, you know into a, a sovereign country. Let's call it Pakistan. And <laughs> basically, shoot up a house full of people and uh,
1: uh, wait. They did that, dude.
2: Yes, that I never think, happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think it did. I think, that, <laughs> I think They that, made a I movie I, about I, it. I think that's one that people are admitting to. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, so they went and they turned that boat around. I wonder. I want to know the story though. Why? What was? You know, was it? Was she resisting? What happened? Uh, was there a, was a struggle? Was there you a struggle? Who knows? Who the fuck knows? Maybe they just raped her and killed her.
1: I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they <laughs> they, they, they had something.
2: <laughs> some we freaked out. I, Dave, I, you
1: I mean, don't the, know. You mean, you, I think what you mean is the two sailors were resisting arrest on board the
2: boat. No, I'm talking about. The the what happened in the did they say anything? Was there a story that, that came out? Like meaning like well no they've the been pretty they, I think
1: they've been pretty um, uh, you know like wh- this investigation is ongoing and uh, I think they're r- being very they're keeping the details quite close to not okay. letting them out because right, they don't okay. want to affect the investigation and also you know if these sailors you know are maybe freed for example they don't want to be blurting all the details out so that another suspect might have more you know details or. You they'd be able to. You know, um,
2: yeah, yeah. Just you know, ma- mess up the story and, and I don't know the in whole the investigation.
1: So
0: is, is Iceland? I mean, yeah. I, I've never been to Iceland. I've I have wanted it's to. Fantastic. Is it? Um, is it known for being a particularly yeah, incredibly safe? Because I mean, all yeah. the All the other lands around it, like Finland, is known for basically just drunken, you know, domestic violence. Uh, hello to all of our Finnish listeners, by the way. Thanks.
1: Iceland and fin- Finland uh, I, no, are that close together. Norway, you know, no, so I think Norway, Sweden, and probably Finland too. I think if you look at the statistics, I think that probably the homicide rates are very low in those countries. Yeah, and 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 um and attacks against women are probably very very mm. rare, relatively speaking. No,
2: no they've had they, they've had a, a well, massive surge in. No, the last they have, few especially years.
1: Sweden, but that's a different, totally different follow-up. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I don't think there is a lot of um, migrants moving to you know moving from Syria to Iceland? Probably not right away. They're like, uh, we want, came to uh, work in your olive oil fields. Iceland's amazing. There's
2: no trees. Yeah. It's just a f- crazy There's country. No There's no trees. It's, it's just very moss. It's very green though, isn't it? Oh, it's this, super green. This is green. the
0: thing. This is the reason that Greenland was named Greenland because the Danish basically wanted people to move out there and so they, as a marketing campaign, they misnamed it because... Iceland is quite green, and Greenland is pure ice. Yeah, yeah, uh. <laughs> So the Danish, in order to get people to move out there, this is a true story. You named it <laughs> Greenland as essentially a marketing campaign. Oh, go too. to Greenland.
2: Go to Greenland. Um, but um, Iceland is a—it's uh, an amazing, and uh, amazing... I have swam in the lake there, uh, Sulfur Lakes. And it's really like um, you travel uh, the mountains and the waterfalls and the glaciers and... You di- you have different types of uh, beaches like
1: uh, yeah black black sand beaches and
2: black sand and uh, rock beaches The good formations. Surfing, good are up there. Oh yeah, well if you want to brave the water, it's like yeah, it's you know it depends on what time of the year you're going, but it's cold. It's cold. It's North Atlantic, man. It's mm, yeah, it's cold shit. But
1: um, so that was the the news out of uh, Iceland.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty tragic, man. That's uh, for me. I I just I don't like that whole, that whole kind of story with like chicks going missing and stuff like that that's that's, why did you pick that topic you really upset me right now sorry bro the, the details were, interesting yeah, just you know angles. the whole thing, and I, I like sailing, right? So you know I'm a little bit affected by knowing these idiot, <laughs> idiot you sailors. Were, you were coming <laughs> up with
0: the strangest fucking ideas about this story. Let's get to something a little bit more lighthearted before Dave digs himself any deeper in a hole.
2: What are you talking about? You're only you're the one digging the hole for crying out loud. No, I'm just Dave, talking. I think, I think I'm, speaking a I'm speaking <laughs> my I mind. I'm speaking my mind. I like
0: sailing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like sailing and those sailors, man. They're, <laughs> they're idiots. not sailors.
1: They're not on a yacht. They're basically they're boatsmen. Not, they're not traveling they're, they're, they're 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 around they're drinking rose champagne they're, they're like you, when you go sailing. Sa- I don't. I don't drink s- rose champagne on a boat.
2: They're okay? Sailors,
1: <laughs> in
0: the sense that they're on a large vessel <laughs> transporting stuff around the sea, yeah, not that I they're mean. out there and, mur- on a and, a and murdering
2: chicks whenever they have a Sailors, you don't need to be. You know, you can call yourself a sailor and not be on a sailboat. That's not the point. That's the okay. point.
0: Well, you don't. Hey, so
2: when hey, was, the, when was the last you can time call you call yourself
1: a president? Of All the right, States I'll and just stop be talking because you guys don't want to hear so, shit. Yeah, no, no, fuck. You've got a good a non-rape related story to tell us.
2: So please. Well, you probably know more about it than I do, so I, I'm going to let you.
1: Uh, uh, Take the lead on this. No, 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 no. I'm going to com- I'm going to throw up some details that I learned after you brought this story to my attention. But please go ahead.
2: All right. So there's a there's a scientist. I don't know exactly what you know when it was discovered. This uh, it was. It doesn't have a. I think date it, on I it. think it was early, I think it was the tail end of 2016 that they actually did the release the, the paper. The release the paper. Okay. So uh, Isaac Silvera's is um, a professor of natural sciences. Um, and at Harvard, and uh, they did an experiment uh, using a pressure machine, which would be called David, that thing that you were saying, diamond. There was diamond anvils. Diamond anvils uh, that uh, created a pressure that was about seventy-one point seven million pounds per square inch, and so that's that's the pressure. I can't. I can't. It's probably more than being at the bottom of the it's ocean. A, no, uh, they
1: said it was higher than the, the the pressure in the center of the
2: earth. The center of the earth. Yeah. So th- it's unbelievable. We can't have you know. I mean, closing a, a it's garage like closing, door it's like on your on your arm it's is like not the pressure you a door. <laughs> no, no. Let's not talk about that. But yeah, and so these guys took um, a, a small sample of hydrogen in its um i i heard that it was liquid form but i can't find the uh in the article and they put it into this pressure and they created what they theorize is a new type of metal a hydrogen metal and this could bring up uh huge applications as superconductors and uh different types of uh, uh in electronics and maybe who knows the next computer chips will be made out of it um so there there are there's a, a, apparently a lot of applications, and this is not really cutting edge science. Now, obviously, there's some criticism to certain things. Yeah, and so uh, what can it be used for? What's the point of doing this? Let's say that it's There's no point in anything that you do in science. It's just, you know. oh, then we can apply it to this and uh, try it in that. Apparently, for they're, they're looking for superconductors, um, Super also uh, t- t- a, type of, a new type of uh, fuel. Um, stability of uh, fuel that uh, would be in solid form, uh, such as hydrogen uh, d- hydrogen fuel, would be less volatile on a rocket. Yeah. Uh, solid they, rocket fuel. Yeah, they have solid rocket fuel, but it's still tr- extremely volatile, and it's solid, which is an ice-type form, um, or liquid-type form. Um, now, doing it with a metal of this type, I don't know how the applications would... So does anyone understand how you you create a metal out
0: of a clear gas? Well, he said they started with liquid hydrogen. Okay, how you create? Uh, so hydrogen, its natural state is a gas. So it's you co- gas. you compress it, you get it to a liquid. Liquid. You compress that, you get to essentially a solid, uh, an, yep. ice, an ice form. I don't understand how something that isn't a metal becomes a metal.
1: Well, hydrogen is in the metallic side of the periodic table. It is a metal. Oh. So it's you know it sits over on the on the left with uh, what's it, lithium and sodium. Those types those are all metals. Those are considered metals as opposed to the right side, which is nonmetals. Which is your, which is your sorry, sodium's on the right. Oh, I misspoke. Uh, sodium's on the right. Uh, your helium, your argons, your oxygen. So I,
0: I'm learning something said so there are
1: gaseous metals in the universe Well this is the probably and I haven't looked into this enough and I'm not a chemist but I do know that the, on the periodic table the metals are on the left and hydrogen sits on the left At the top of the periodic table because it's one um, proton and one electron but it's probably considered a ele- uh, metal because it has metallic properties in its makeup you know, it's got a readily available. It's, for example, it's got a readily available electron. Tube. It depends
2: on the state. That's why it's an interesting. No, it it's doesn't depend on the state because it's got a gaseous form. It's got a liquid form. Sure. And now it's it's got a solid form, meaning like solid. It now so it solid, becomes. when a you
1: when you compress it enough, it becomes it, a metal. Yep. Sodium it's, is on the left, by the way. Sodium's on the left. Yeah, I, I misspoke. But and there's lithium. And what's a, what's the one directly? So
0: sodium. So it goes hydrogen, lithium, sodium, potassium. Rubidium. Oh right, Cesium the right.
2: and francium. Is that in here? Is that in close Fra- to fran- where we are? Francium, the, effen- <laughs> the,
0: the effeminate metal.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's it.
2: Listen, we really don't know what we're talking That's about, about but That's I found it true. really interesting. That's not true. Oh, the Dave, the deep knows what he's talking about. But
1: no, I, t- I saw it was a very interesting, and uh, and you know I, I think it's uh, an important idea or an important step. But they're saying that the 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 criticism that has come out about this experiment is that it's not it's very hard to be sure if these these this two or three atoms that they put together are A stable in that form. Sure. Could sure. you crush them down to metal and then take it take it remove the pressure and have it remain as metal? Or B, what are they looking at? Either they're saying that they may have just been aluminum oxide that that is like a kind of a corrosion that tends to coat uh, Diamond under high pressure, and can also be very shiny. And apparently, the according to the paper and the, the, what I read about the um, article was that the scientists who were doing the experiment identified it as a metal because it was shiny. And that seems not to be a very uh, <laughs> that seems to be not to be the most scientific way of <laughs> that's identifying a, that's, that's, that's my level of science. But that is well,
2: so. in layman's terms, maybe you know, <laughs> when you it's re- shiny, it's metallic.
1: You know. To do the research, the scientists crushed tiny bits of hydrogen beneath diamond anvils, exerting more pressure on it than is found at the center of the Earth. Small steps have been made, for, made through the work, but no researchers have been able to show off the shiny metal would be expected to be seen. So it's not really clear, I think, if this has been a... Um, a success. It's probably a, a big step forward, showing that there's. A well, it's a, it's a,
2: it's a step in understanding the different states of hydrogen and understanding what you know what this is one one. It's a one matter like meaning it's hydrogen. What can they do to other types of you know gases and um, uh, other types of you know uh, elements on the periodic table with this kind of pressure? And yeah. disca- what can you discover and so that's it's the, it's only the beginning of something that maybe you know f- you know a few years down the road we're going to start creating new elements and new 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 materials well, they're, new materials. they're, they're, new they're materials. doing
0: that already they're actually creating they they've found that uh in certain experiments they can create very very short lived uh, new elements basically yeah, but
1: that's sort of the other end of the periodic table where they're creating these massive um Atoms that are predicted by the periodic table, sure. but are very, very unstable in, um, uh, you know, in conditions on Earth. Right, right.
2: Maybe uh, in the vacuum of space, that would be a
1: different story. Who knows? I mean, well, according to uh, going back to this um, hydrogen metal, um, according to one of the scientists involved, Isaac Silvera, said that when looking through a microscope at the sample, it looked to be shiny, and so you can only believe it is a metal. Okay, yeah. I mean, this is no, not it's exactly. It's not like <laughs> like he's created a fucking i beam out of hydrogen, well, listen, and he's milling it on a CNC machine. I'm going to give the guy you know, the
2: benefit of the
1: doubt. He created this machine I with a few other... Ah. I think when you have... when you have What's, what's the expression? When you have great... Um, when you have a great um, uh, remarkable achievement, you need remarkable proof. You know, you need... If you're going to... Cr- you absolutely. Know, dem- if you're going to suggest... I'm sure, they're working on it.
2: And this, and this, <laughs> is, what, this uh, is
1: the scientific ideal
0: as well. See, but essentially, you... you propose something, you, you you present a proof, and then right. it's the job of all other scientists to basically try and tear you down and thus, thus prove your proof.
1: Yeah. So let's, so, uh, let's so just... So they're have, you know, if, if, if this experiment can be reproduced by other scientists and it doesn't prove to be something else, well, then, yeah, there's a big step forward. But even not, a failure is also... The nice thing about science is a, a failure is a step forward in the sense that the discovery has, you know, how not to do it has been eliminated, or maybe, you know, they need to refine their experiment. But they are onto something, and I mean, I'll, I would totally sign up, you know, to take a an interstellar trip across the you know the universe uh, on a metal hydrogen powered ship <laughs> that disintegrates once you hit like an atmosphere. Right to go back to a past argument.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I just thought the story was uh, it was interesting, and you know, in a world that's just kind of feels like you know it's like closing in on us with all this like nuclear tests or what a missile tests in Iran and Russia becoming best friends with, you know, the leader of the free world and, uh, you know, all this stuff. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Um, <laughs> and, and it just, you know, like when science has this kind of like, um, international language for me. And when you listen to something like this, these fantastic discoveries and these people that are just, you know, spending their lives looking for these kind of, Questions yeah, yeah, no, and true. answers, you know. Uh, I th- I find it uh, enlightening, and it just uh, it kind of made my day hearing that. I wanted to share it with you guys, the the little that I, I know um, about
1: it. We appreciate your thoughts.
2: You're, I know I know you love the science talk. Paul. I do, I
0: do, I do love a bit of science
2: talk.
1: <laughs> did <laughs> you uh, Did you guys hear at all about the um, the <clears throat> the uh, weasel rebellion that is trying to reverse the this? You know the scientific experiment that's been going on Earth, the large Haldron collider. Yes. So okay. well, I guess the, there's one brave uh, weasel tried to um, um, Get shut in down that experiment and, and pull us back from this parallel universe that we've been forced into by the Large Hadron Collider. So this weasel jumped over the fence and got fried by an eighteen thousand volt transformer. And Ouch! And they're they're saying that they're speculating that it may have been a movement of like rodents know, Together, trying to shut this thing down and bring us back to.
0: Uh, well, he has been uh, kept now and stuffed, hasn't he? He's, He's now s- actually
1: part of the museum. S- You're kidding. Yeah, yeah part of the museum I at, uh, uh, I think, in Rotterdam. So they're not they're not sure, but there, there's speculation that maybe the Large Hadron Collider is forced us into a parallel universe where uh, Trump has become president, uh, the British are leaving the EU, <laughs> all is oh, going shit. on. Oh, <laughs> shit.
0: The weasels are trying to drag us back. The there was
2: a, uh, Maybe they're smarter than we are. Ratatouille, you know. He's 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 a, <laughs> he's, a, he's Ratatouille. He's you know? a smart little guy. He's a smart guy.
0: Talking of um, the the Cheeto-skinned, um, small-handed, etc. Uh, etc. Et you sex are pest. Sex pest. Yeah, we should, we should never forget to call him a sex pest whenever we get a chance. Uh, you've got some axes to grind, apparently, deep.
1: Uh, well, I do. I have. You know. Seriously, though, um, you know, I think we've all been sort of glued to our. Um, various devices in the last, well, ever, you know, ever since the, the announcement in November, but ever since the since creation the of the black last, hole, the last 10 days have been, uh, you know, it's a roller coaster of ups and downs and, uh, you know, near misses. And I think that what happened over the weekend and, um, you know, into Monday uh, has been, uh, it's very troubling. And I, th- I, th- I think a lot of the fears that people had, you know, when we heard Trump was going to win and even before he um, won. And just the idea that, that Trump may have a shot at becoming president, we're starting to see those kind of um, uh, a- um, scenarios playing out here. When uh, Trump announced made this executive uh, order to ban the I- immigrants and to stop um, you know majority Muslim country uh, immigrants coming to the U.S. and shut down the refugee program uh, for what 120 days, <coughs> not not so much the details of that ban, but what happened in response to the uh, bu- from the Justice Department. In response to the ban, and whether or not it was legal, whether or not it was defendable in court mm. and uh, and how it was rolled out, but the fact that the, deci- the the decision by the acting attorney General Sally Yates not to defend the immigration ban and the subsequent and immediate firing uh, of the of Yates by the White House are the exact type of event which we feared uh, from a Trump presidency. I think when people were you know wondering what was going to happen in the future and y- you know whether Trump is going to be a good president or he's going to be a bad president or things are going to be unstable. This is exactly the kind of thing that we were afraid of.
2: Yeah, I think he's just creating it, he's uh, he's treating it like some big TV show. You know, it's like, He's trying to get ratings or something like that. He, he's he's weird the way he presents things. Yeah. I feel like everything is just for the camera, and and you know it's he's got a, a strange appeal to it. It's a very uh,
0: it's
2: this this is I mean this is you know firing that's so dramatic. Yeah. It is very dramatic. This it's is
0: uh, this is this is bizarre, but uh, and certainly strange behavior for a president. Let's don't get me wrong, but it, it's perfectly normal for Trump because it's what he knows. I mean this is. I mean, he ran his campaign on the spectacle, and he, he he seems to be running his presidency on the spectacle. I mean, there's no other way to. So, a very good example is this ban on uh, on uh, immigration from these seven countries, is it?
1: Yeah, seven countries. Yeah,
0: and um, and the way that he did it was all about the show and not about the substance. And I don't support it. I think that it's wrong-headed, and I think that it's it's, it's misguided. But if when you hear the explanation of it from, essentially, a, a rational point of view, it becomes somewhat understandable, even if you disagree with it, which is that, essentially, these countries have... Uh, you know, a, and this is taking, taken from Sean Spicer, so take it with a grain of salt. I mean, I don't believe that this is uh, fundamentally the, the motivation behind it, but it, it is an explanation that makes some sense, at least which is that these co- the countries are either failed states in the case of the Yemen or uh, Syria or uh, Iraq, yep, yep. or they're essentially states that are uh, hostile to the US historically, so ir- Iran um, and then uh, Somalia, which is obviously a failed state as well to a very large extent. I think Libya
1: is on the list too. Th- yeah, yeah. Lib- yeah. Uh, uh, well.
0: Libya is another very troubled, uh, no yeah, very troubled country. No, well. government. no government. There's no
2: government.
1: Uh, there is, but uh, well, they're, it's they're, not a functioning
0: government. The territory. Of, they're not in charge of their entire territory. And so the argument was that uh, we are not getting the cooperation in terms of being able to screen people from these countries. We're not basically they're not working with our systems. They're not basically allowing us to screen people in the way that other countries allow us to screen people. And this is the what this is the reason why uh, other states which terrorists have actually come from uh, saudi arabia or etc etc because they are working with the us authorities to help screen people before they get on flights and the idea is look these people are arriving they've been given visas in their in their home country but there's no way to verify the information they're giving to apply for these visas
1: well the us and embassies in their countries are the ones given the visas,
0: yeah, but th- they're claiming that essentially they don't have the uh, the the depth and veracity of checks in terms of the papers that they're receiving to b- apply to these visas, to be able to to confidently issue these visas. Now, I again, I'm not saying I support the policy. I do think it's it's wrong-headed. I think it's dangerous, and I think you can screen in other ways. And you, uh, well,
1: uh, you know, to, to me, but the, the point
0: the being, the sorry, my, my real point being that what he did was he 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 created a made-for-TV moment where he basically jumped on this thing and said, look what I'm doing, bam. Yeah, and sure. then they went about explaining it, which is completely the opposite way to the way the government tends to work, which is you, you present an argument for doing something, you debate it, and then you actually go ahead with the law.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
2: Yeah, but he wants to be this... But it's take- not
1: charged man of action. Though. But it's not so much the details of the ban, whether it was an immigrant ban or it was uh, you know, putting a new pipeline in or whatever it was. To me, the issue is where he gets opposition from another branch of the government and, and the immediate reaction is to f- is to fire the person in the way. That is not something that should happen in a democratic country. Uh, these are the actions of something... You expect that in a Latin American country or a country with a post-Soviet sphere where right, it's right, an, right. You know, an oligarch <laughs> is ruling the country and he, and he wipes out the opposition. Uh, you know, in... In all large stable countries, democracy is founded on the idea that the rule of law rests higher than the, uh, than the uh, the man or any one individual. Just because Trump's in power doesn't mean he can rewrite every law and 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 um, whitewash everything and start changing things to serve his base and to serve his ideals and his ideology. He has to work within the conventions of the country and as soon as we lose that, idea and as soon as we lose that ideal, we start to lose the fabric of of freedom and the fabric of the democracy and and this needs to be protected and it 's a, it's a, a defining moment when but they a lo- a lot of these are essential essentially
0: gentlemen 's handshake type agreements i mean i don 't think that anyone's accusing Trump of actually breaking a law at this stage, potentially beyond uh, you know separation of his um his, his business from his own... Um no, but there's, no, a, way the the, there's a way of being presidential. There's a way of being presidential. It's, it's about being presidential, but it's, it's like this idea of releasing tax returns. I mean, this is outrageous that he hasn't released his tax returns, but he's not
1: obliged to. No, no, but, uh, fair enough. But the fact that he released this ban without the proper um, uh, consideration and they without, without the uh, the right um, instructions on how to enforce it yeah, but meant that the Justice Department was... was Conflicted on how they would
2: defend it. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, unfortunately, he announced that he was going to do it during his campaign—a total ban on Muslims entering <coughs> the country. Sure. So, in regards to saying it's not a Muslim ban, it's a country ban. Sorry. Come yeah. on, Let's take it the way it really is. Whatever. You know, the details like, don't yeah. matter. It doesn't yeah. matter what yeah. t-
1: Muslim ban. They they fucking completely forgot the fact that there was people in the air when they b- they brought out the information. There's green. Green card holders. Yeah. The yeah. first guy who got stuck in JFK Airport was the guy who was served as an interpreter for the US Army. He's a US military veteran yeah. for all intents and purposes. And he's the first one who gets stuffed by this by this rule. That's not the point. The point brutal. is that Trump gets in power, he re- gets opposition, and then his his initial his, his first reaction is to is to brand the person who's defying his rule as a as a betrayer of the people. Those are very, very dangerous words. Yeah, because it's not a very long step between betrayal and treason. Yeah,
0: let, okay. let me let me play. And uh, I completely agree with you. His, his wording in, in in firing the acting um, deputy whatever she was acting attorney general acting attorney, right. attorney general uh, were disturbing. Where he called her, where she said she she'd betrayed etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, you you can couch that much uh, much more politically, much more conciliatory, conciliatory, that word.
1: You, nice, <laughs> you can <laughs> say it nicer, Lake. <laughs> yeah,
0: he he um, but if I'm going to play devil's advocate on this, I would also say for essentially eight years under Obama, people rallied because government was doing nothing because essentially the Republicans were blocking Obama's every single move and, and, and on and on from there. And people got sick of the stasis and the, the, the do-nothing uh, Washington. Brought
2: about by the... Yeah, brought about by the Republicans. Fifty percent by the Republicans. Certainly,
0: certainly. Yeah, I would uh, say a good fifty percent,
2: solid fifty percent. I think the people were sick of it,
0: and I think that essentially a little bit more forcefulness by uh, one or other party during, whether it had been during Obama's uh, period in power or, or under Trump is probably going to be pretty widely appreciated by a large section of the, the electorate. Obviously, in Trump's case, the people who, who, who voted for him. But, for example, I was shocked to see there was an, uh, an, an, a poll by a fairly well-regarded uh, pollster. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember the name of them, but I remember it was someone that I knew, basically, who said that uh, Trump's ban on uh, the, the immigrants from these countries actually had majority support in this poll. It was about 54%. It wasn't massive. I was surprised I mean I was surprised because I'm so opposed to it but I was also surprised because I well I, you know this is a policy that actually is is appreciated amongst the wider
1: the wider populace again uh, you know there are aspects of the you know the idea that w- in France we have a huge a huge problem with the muslim populations in the country in the UK they have a problem you know uh, obviously we've been affected by the by the actions of a few Bad Phew. Muslims, yeah, but the pressure on the on the population as a whole to deal with it is making it very difficult for French people or for populations in Europe in general to w- openly accept Muslim populations into their into the country, into their cultures, and it's becoming a problem. This, you know, the way that to me, the way that Trump dealt with it is well, maybe it's, it's not the best way. Okay, let's be honest. He he rolled it out overnight. There was no consideration to how it was going to work properly, but to me, but the the fact that when he f- gets opposition, he fires the people who are opposing him sure. is totally undemocratic. Those okay, and those those are uh, cornerstones of freedom, liberty, and democracy in the U.S., which is the you, most powerful you, democracy you, in the country. Usually, what will happen, and I
2: I I do believe what will happen in a case like this where he doesn't agree with the attorney general, he'll in a private, you know, conversation, say, "Okay, well, I expect your resignation, and I will be appointing somebody in your place." She was there, anyways, as a bridge between his next appointment, which is Jeff Sessions. No, I yeah, wasn't. Sessions, uh, Sessions is the new right?
1: Attorney General. So, but she had been appointed by Obama.
2: She had been appointed by Obama, and so you know, it would have been more, you know, like more respectful. Say, "Okay, we disagree." It you would have been more presidential to do it that. More way. presidential, you're going to resign. And it's—I agree with you for disagreeing. That's fine. You want to disagree,
1: resign. And, no, it's, and also you know, job, a, it's also her job. It's also her job under the Constitution to oppose the president when when she believes what he's doing yeah. is wrong.
2: And she's got her her mandate. And those are, are her, her jobs. Those cool. are
1: part of the checks and balances which form the backbone of the U.S. political system.
2: Yeah, totally. There's a, yeah, it's supposed to. They're supposed to have um, a non-partisan
1: view on certain
2: things, and not everybody be on one side. No,
1: but the system's set up so that so that the uh, the political arguments or the you know the left or right sort of don't affect the strength a- of the the f- the foundation of the the system. Yeah,
0: yeah it's that yes, minister idea where you have essentially the um, the the technocrats in government who who mm. live above. The politics of it. They, yeah. you know, they they basically they they do their jobs. Uh. And they they're charged with specific roles, and and her role obviously is to apply the law as, as she understands it. And and having applied the law, as she understands
1: it. She was, she was booted. But um. And she had a pretty good. I mean, the letter was posted. Her letter to her um, departments. You know where she disseminated the, her plan for not defending the ban. What the letter was uh, released on the New York Times website. You could read it. And she had very good arguments for why she didn't believe it could be enforced. At least the parts, you know, that that, that were unenforceable from her point of view. Mm. So, you know, I think that the <coughs> already Trump's he's so unconventional. His 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 way of leading and the, the way he's assembled his cabinet are so unconventional. We have to be very very cautious and very very aware of anything that d- you know is steps beyond. Well, I mean, you know, line. but I
2: think the precedent was set already before uh, before uh, Trump got into power by the Republican Party itself, the GOP. And um, Obama um, nominated, um, what's her name, uh, Judge uh, Merrick Garland uh, to the Supreme Court, okay, and that was a year ago. But the Republicans uh, blocked this yeah, nomination sure. by not showing up or not coming not they having a they, completely, they they
1: completely they completely avoid they they usurped their responsibility granted under the constitution to do their fucking jobs exactly. because they didn't like doing it. No, because it's they did not bullshit. want Obama to elect a, a
2: Supreme Court judge that would be leaning left when the, it's 4-4 yeah, four, four so right political. now. It
1: is 4-4 four, four right now. And Scalia and, was the fifth. He was voting. He was the, the, the tiebreaker on the, the Republican side. Exactly. No matter what, they weren't going to let Obama pick another guy. It's bullshit. It was fucking bullshit. They were not doing their jobs. Well, all of those fucking senators should be rounded up and booted out of Congress. I agree. And and you know what's going to happen? And I think this is the way that things are leaning. The best case scenario for Trump at this point is that it's that the large part of the electorate in the, in two years when they have the midterms they're going to fucking rise up en masse. Even the ones who hated Hillary and didn't didn't want to vote for Hillary they're all going to come out they're all going to come out of the woodwork and they're going to Annihilate the GOP. Well, I they think- have
2: to gerrymander the same way the GOP spent the last eight years gerrymandering the the districts, and they ha- the, the 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 Democratic Party has to fight fire with fire, and stop being taking the moral high ground and play the dirty little games well, that that the Republicans <laughs> do. That's, that's unfortunate. That's one, a, That's the, the truth. The other thing that uh, has been, been Paul talking doesn't about agree. A lot. <laughs> No, Paul doesn't agree.
0: No, I, d- I don't actually agree. I, I think that uh, Trump is the democratically nominated uh president. I don't agree with virtually anything he stands for, but he did actually win the uh the election, and I think that that to basically become this this dysfunctional uh, partisan government that that can do nothing, and it will it swung one way with the uh with the Republicans when they basically blocked an awful lot of what Obama wanted to do. Now it'll swing the other way with the Democrats doing everything. I mean, they, they've just said that they're not going to turn up to vote on, uh, on Trump's cabinet appointments because they can't block it. But constitutionally, someone has to basically represent the opposition party. So they're just going to boycott the decisions. Wow. so And that is low politics.
1: Okay, you're right. It's, it, blocking
0: um, the, it's blocking – you want to talk – there's a difference between uh, politics and democracy. And this is playing politics, and what they're doing is they're blocking
1: democracy. No, I agree, but the, the the GOP has been more guilty of it, or just as guilty of it, on the other side. And uh, you know, when I say that all the senators in the in the Congress, all these fucking congressmen and these senators who who have no term limits, who have nothing to, to you know nothing to lose, yeah, exactly. No, they they get their retirement, they get their health care paid for for life. They should all have term limits. They should all be in there for maximum eight years. They should all lose their, you know, retirement if they get kicked out for anything. They should if 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 um if they're going to block Obamacare, they should all lose their health care too. Mm, Fuck mm, it. Mm. These politicians get so much.
2: Yeah, but they they make a lot of money. And when the pr- you see
1: you see the, you see the the average
2: wage of like before you become a senator, mm. and when you you know you hit like ten years in Senate, they they become millionaires. These guys and for what? From yeah. what making money off the government? No, it's called insider trading, man. It's it, there, there, there. There's a lot of things going on in 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 the power. Uh, you know, uh, how do you say the, uh, you know, the corridors of power. The corridors of power. Thank you, Paul.
1: You know, uh, he may have been democratically elected. No one's saying that he wasn't. You know, except him. Except, except him. him. Yeah, but except you know why? You know why he's saying that? <laughs> a lot of people are pointing to the fact that the reason he's he's harping on about these um uh, these unregistered voters and these illegals is because they want to use that as a leverage tool to institute more voter restrictions. Yeah, I, I'm hundred sh- percent sure that's the reason. That's there, not there's fair. There's that's not fair policy. That's not. Dem- no that's not. Dem- that's, not dem- that's not democracy.
0: There's no other reason. Now, the person who actually said come to weigh in on this subject. So he called for this investigation based on this research done by whatever person it was uh, I can't remember the name of the, the the study. The author of the study has said in statements he says he's misreading what I was actually saying yeah he's, yeah, he's, I, he's manipulating I, it for his own means uh, They're saying that you know people are registered in two districts well what happens is the u s is a very fluid country sure. People move states and they yeah. don't basically call you know like most of us, we're imperfect humans. When we get to a new state, we might register to vote. Mm. We're not necessarily going to call out uh, the state we were in and sort of say, hey, by the way, I've moved. you got to unregister me. No. And so people get registered, like uh, one of Trump's family members who's registered in two exactly. states. Like one of his chief advisors who's registered in two states. And this happens regularly. Uh, but but doesn't it doesn't
1: mean there's any voter fraud going there's,
0: on. There's an awful lot of so-called uh, non-Americans who are basically registered uh, to vote. Well, it turns out that this study found out that essentially people were misfilling out the form because it was was an online form and they were basically ticking boxes that they shouldn't have ticked because you're filling out an excruciatingly dull online (laughs) survey. You just go, yes, 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 yes. And when they called up to check whether these things actually happened, they said, so you're you're not an American citizen?
2: Yeah, I am.
0: Well, you said you weren't. And, And invariably in this study, they discovered that people who had ticked not American. It was was just the next yes box that they could possibly tick to get through the form. Uh, So the whole thing is basically... And the guy has said, you know, you are misusing my study. uh, And it it seems to be 100% a a way to basically clamp down on essentially registering new voters. And, of course, every single new voter that gets registered, overwhelmingly, is, you know, this drive to get essentially unrepresented voters voting, and they vote Democrat. So...
2: Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna mostly have the younger population that that's entering the you know An the un- age to vote that's going to vote Democrat and
0: unrepresented populations Latinos uh, underrepresented populations Latinos yep. uh,
2: hmm.
0: you know uh, African Americans uh, et cetera. Et cetera. Asian uh, is, uh,
2: yeah and
0: you know I mean I, I've no doubt and that that's what I think is happening with Trump's shock and awe policy I think he's doing two things I think that one he's basically um, He's feeding red meat to his supporters who saw him as the do-something guy. Yeah, and sure. So I'm in there, I'm doing something. And each time he fires somebody who gets in the way, good, because, you know, I'm, I'm talking as a Trump supporter now, good, because they were going to block you doing what you needed to do. So, you know, this is this is going to play well with his base. Now, we know from American politics that essentially bases don't move. Even Obama, take away the honeymoon period, always had between something like 42% and 47% support. That's, a you know, essentially a 3% swing. It couldn't couldn't budget right and trump knows that he's unpopular he knows that his base is his base he's the and least th- popular president to and ever there's, take there's th- there's no aims. one else to come along basically there's no one, no swing voters you know no no democrat leaning swing voters going to go oh actually he's okay <laughs> so he might as well throw meat to his, his to his supporters and beyond that he's just flooding the the entire world with so much news that eventually people are going to go oh fuck what's he done now they already
1: are they they already are but again and then he'll be able to slide through the stuff that's essentially, that's truly insidious. That's, the, that's what I'm saying is that the, the whole point I'm making is that you have to be very careful because he's going to try and remove every block there is to the, the, you know, the, the corporate interest and, the, and the, the corruption and the nepotism that's, that is the hallmarks of his presidency to, to get his way. And when he, re- when he f- gets opposition... He's just gonna pull them out. He's gonna fire them. You know, there's a guy I, I I'd like to find
2: it, but there's a guy who just who launched a treasure hunt to find all of uh, Trump's holdings in the United States and the world, and he it's an open open source treasure hunt, and basically he's asking for people to to, to get dig, to in. dig in and search and send their info, oh, and yeah. they
1: this eventually is going but to again you know even lead if to it, something even if it was illegal. There's nobody trying to enforce it, and it's they're so vaguely, vaguely uh, legal or not legal, it doesn't really fucking make any difference. Yeah, John Dick Cheney w- illegally w- remained in control of his, uh, of his seat in, on the board of... Um, Halliburton. Halliburton. Yeah. Even though the Senate committee told him he had to let it go, he said, fuck it, I'm keeping it. He said, you didn't give a shit. He said, you know what? I'm here because of those guys. I'm, gonna ke- I, I'm here to make money. And he's, and they when when they said you don't have to you have to let that go, Mister Cheney. You can't be in the vice president and be the, on the board of uh, of Halliburton. He said, "Yes, I can. I just did it." <laughs> and you, so you think Trump's going to do it's any fucking difference? Do you have
0: no conscience, Mister Vice President? Uh, let me check. No, no, no. As it turns out, no. <laughs> Apparently, I don't of have a heartbeat though. either. Uh, but but you
1: know, <laughs> the the Pope, uh, who's the the Pope, Dick Cheney, and like Bob Dylan are all against this immigrant ban. And and Trump's on the other side of it. So, wait, Dick Cheney's against the immigrant ban. Yeah, yeah. Band? Dick Cheney came out and made a statement saying this immigrant ban is totally un-American. Yeah, he has managed to unite
0: an awful. You know, that's essentially, a big risk. You've essentially, got he's he's managed to piss off, uh, essentially the old guard, <laughs> the you know, Muslims, Jews. And the Pope in one week. I mean, that's good going. I mean, if you can bring those three religions together, then maybe, he's, maybe he's actually uniting well, yes. the world bit that's by a, bit.
1: That's what the um, that's what they said about the, the you know six hundred thousand women you know get out in march. They said Trump did more for female um, health and female fitness than, than Michelle in eight years. <laughs> Michelle Obama. <laughs>
0: did you see? I mean, that was a, that was another incredible thing. Is that? Um, and this speaks very deeply of his of his insecurity. Uh, no, of his motivation potentially or the insidious nature of his of his campaign and the, and his supporters is he managed to have a uh, he managed to first of all uh ban you know introduce his ban on immigrants on holocaust day on yeah, holocaust memorial beautiful. day
2: that's a, that's just unbelievable
0: and secondly he managed to, to conduct an entire holocaust day speech without mentioning jews that Was was it, um, was it trump himself or was it trump himself Prince's previous trump himself Basically, managed to give this speech without mentioning essentially, and and you know, and he, I mean, this really was picked up by an awful lot of Jewish uh, commentators and papers, and obviously the Jewish world, where they sort of said this is the first president who has ever had a Holocaust Day speech, and not specifically mentioned, you know, the, the Holocaust in relation to the Jewish, uh, to the Jewish people. And, you know, and, and the, the explanation was, you know, it was a terrible time for everyone. And, of course, we don't, you know, downgrade the, 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 how the Jews suffered. No, 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 it was a terrible time, first and foremost, for the Jewish people. Yeah, yeah, that's right. As well as the gypsies, as well as, uh, essentially, you political know, handicapped prisoners. people, as well as political prisoners, as well as many other minorities. But it was quite clearly in the final solution to eradicate the Jews of Europe. I mean, you know, this wasn't and the Jews sort of thing along with everyone else. This was the base drive of, of Hitler's, you know, program. And he managed to just gloss to over p- it, just to say, you know, terrible time for everyone. Well, L- lots
1: of people suffered. He's, you know, I mean, he's remarkably unintellectual. Yeah. That, you that see that the p- it. I saw a p- a picture, I don't know if it was a true picture or not, but I saw a photograph of Obama's bookshelf in the White House. After Trump's taken over, yeah. there's like a huge bookcase, you know, beautiful thing in, in some big hall in the White House. And it's empty now because Obama took all his books when he left. And the only fucking books up on one shelf are books by Trump, about <laughs> Trump. <laughs> it's like six books, you know? That's it. Believe it.
2: Yeah. So. I, uh, we can go on for hours on this guy. And you know what the thing is? He's going to keep going. He's going to shock us, I think, more than, you know, in the next couple of weeks. But I think it's going to tail off in the sense of once he's going to hit this kind of... Pla- I think he's going to hit a plateau fast. The guy's on a burnout path, man. Yeah, I agree. I, I, he, well, at least I'm, I'm trying to feel like optimistic for about this. But I think he he can't please everyone all the time. And he's going to start pissing the peop- people off that he needs. And, and eventually it's going to backfire on him. And I'm feeling that he can't keep going like this It just Well, I, I've started following an awful lot of uh,
0: Right-leaning Uh, News sources Just to basically You know Get another view Just to understand You know Just to Just to 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 have a a, Some sort of sense of You know How other people Are interpreting the news Who are you you What's your poison Yeah, Uh, Fox (laughs) Fox Fox News Um, I get a couple of newsletters now And um, Don't say Alex Jones No There's (laughs) one called The Washington Inquirer I think it is um, Which I get And and they were very pro-Trump Leading into the election And they and, And now they've started going You know I mean, now an awful lot of their, their commentaries, you know, just keep your eye on the ball. Stop being distracted. What is this about your, your crowds? What is this about, uh, you know, fake news? What is this about just, you know, you've got a job to do. Now Now do it and be presidential about it. And you can see um, there's a Fox on Sunday where basically, um, I can't remember the guy's name. He's one of the guys who hosted one of the debates, uh, just tore into essentially um, uh one of uh, Re- Rance Priebus Oh, Rance Prevus. Oh, okay. yeah. you know
1: it's important to note that Rance Priebus He came from Lithu- Lithuania. His um, his grandparents escaped World War II as immigrants yeah. and came over on a boat and were allowed into the U.S. as immigrants. Well, was it one of
0: the signs in the uh, the women's ma- women's? No, sorry, in the anti um, immigration order uh, march was uh, was Trump would have no wives if it wasn't for immigration.
2: Oh well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Melania. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Uh, anyway. I, th- I wonder if she's going to be a first lady that have you seen does the, anything. Have you
0: seen the hashtag Free Melania? Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is brilliant. I quite like that. <laughs> she looked s- so... Dis- miserable. So disgusted and miserable by her husband at the... Um, inauguration? inauguration. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure time. that he's basically torn into her for basically... Because you know he's you know he's following Twitter and he's seen the free Melania and now he's blaming her because it couldn't possibly be his fault. Ooh,
1: every day. But then anyway, you you wonder how long. Uh, for one thing, I'm surprised there hasn't been any like midnight tweets or three in the morning tweets since he's taken president. I think he's so he exhausted role. from the work. I think <laughs> the they're taking his phones away from him. I think they're taking his phones away. Dude, seventy years old, man. You think he can?
2: Dude, he's the president.
1: Re- Nobody talks shit from him, man. The fuck yeah, they do, man. Steve Bannon is the one with do, making the rules. Did you actually read the information? Uh, there was there was like a, a CNN report that detailed how this ban on the immigrants was was written and, and it came together. Uh, and it was Steve Bannon and the other guy. What's his name? Um, Steve Flynn? No, it's the other guy. Miller. Is there a guy named Miller? Anyway, those two guys wrote the ban, and they didn't even bring in any of the heads of the um, of the. Um, Department of Homeland Security. That's,
0: that's now been denied by the hea- by the uh, chief of the Homeland Department of Security who said he saw two drafts but not the final copy.
1: Yeah, well, according to the C- according to CNN report, they were not informed of any of that. You mean the Clinton News Network? Yes. <laughs> 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 A no, but uh, you know report. what?
2: You, the 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 uh, there has to be some truth to it. I think that it's really like a small you know team of people that just do shit, and then they're like, "This is it." You well, know? Uh,
0: did you hear their justification? Putting St- so Steve Bannon is the was the editor of Breitbart. He's a former Goldman Sachs banker. Uh, chucked it all in to basically form this um, alt-right. Uh, can we call them neo-nazis? Let's not. Let's call them alt-right. No, what do they
1: call themselves? Ne- uh, white nationalists. Uh,
0: I don't think he'd call himself that either. White knights, uh, <laughs> and he's That's he's it. now part of uh, the security. Um, no, the top he's not secu- part of it yet. Is he? Oh, he's
1: been nominated to it, or he's he's been, he's Trump wanted to put him in as part of the Security Council and kick off the members of the U- UN and um, one of the group that were supposed to be on there. Okay, but apparently there's a s- section of the Constitution that says that you have to any civilians that you want to put on the Security Council have to be vetted by the Senate. Uh huh. And for him to be vetted. They've got to dig into his finances. They've got to dig into his background. They've got to question him. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh.
0: Well, yeah, maybe not. Do, <laughs> yeah,
1: who, uh, we didn't read that part of the rule.
0: And their justification for putting him on there was that he served in the Navy. <laughs> Literally served in the Navy at one stage. So yeah, he's got experience in the, uh, you know. in oh, Armed forces. He was a sailor. I mean, Dave probably feels good for him. <laughs> Let's face it.
2: You guys are gonna hold me to that for fuck's sake? Fuck yeah! Honestly,
0: forever s- in a day. Have, from you,
1: seen have on. you seen the Twitter? The Twitter page of um, <laughs> where these dudes are descri- describe Steve Bannon, and all these different people are coming up with uh, what he looks like. Fucking check it out. It's priceless. Okay. I think I think
2: that there's um, we we're, we're in store for a lot of shit, and I'm hoping. I'm not going to say, but I'm hoping a lot of, it, or a lot, some of his nominations are not going to go through, especially the Supreme Court. And I, I disagree with you, Paul, on the idea of democracy and all this stuff. You uh, today, there, there's there the, the Republicans. No, the Republicans. So they, they denied. You just uh, disagreed they, with
0: me on the idea of democracy. No, I mean, the democracy.
2: You tell her, it's not, it's not democratic to you know act this way. The Republicans denied the Supreme Court. Uh, 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 justice m- uh, nomination of Obama, who should be in the Supreme Court today. So, uh, so and, this uh, is uh, the uh, real and was, nomination. And was that Democratic, what they did? No. The Republic- what the Republicans not, did was no,
0: Democratic or not?
2: It wasn't Democratic. So, it's
0: undemocratic.
2: But, Paul, it was maybe not Democratic. It was undemocratic, sure. But that's the real nomination today. No, 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 what I'm saying that's is, the reality. What I'm
0: saying is, what the Republicans did, was that Democratic or undemocratic?
2: Was it Democrat? To
0: block the nomination. To block Obama's nomination. I was, I that a,
2: was that the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do? It was the wrong thing to do. Okay, so why would it be the right thing to do? It's not the right thing to do. It's the, the only th- thing to do today. And that's the why. Because the new nomination see, is not the real nomination. He's the seeing? new nomination is not the real nomination. Because one year ago, there should have been a justice that was appointed by Obama, go through. And that's the reality. There's no other reality. The Republicans created their own reality. And today, they said, if there was, if there was another... Uh, if, if it was at the beginning of his, his mandate, they would have held out for eight years. So there would, no, uh, there would not yeah. have been uh, uh, another um, a, uh, a, a Supreme judge. Court yeah. justice... Yeah, I, mean, place.
0: I, I I I weep for the gridlock in Washington. I uh, do weep for the, too. you have a, four, a, four, a four, uh, <laughs> uh, essentially a hung uh, a hung cu- a hung uh, a hung jury,
1: whatever they they you call them, when you get a bunch? Well, of the, Supreme the Supreme thing, is, yeah. That, yeah. The oh, the that thing is that the thing is that together. there's no more there's no more acts of consensus building. No more crossing the aisle. It's completely out the window. Now it is strictly down to party lines. It's an absolute fucking war. But,
2: but, just like, so, but, the, but the, the Republicans, what they did is they created partisanship in the su- Supreme Court. The only level of government that is supposed to be not unpartisan but it's not supposed to have the appointment should not be a partisanship like uh, completely partisan there should be an agreement that each sitting president when they have a chance to uh uh nominate a uh, uh, supreme court justice that that's when it happens and they totally denied
1: uh obama's nomination i agree it was and, completely and undemocratic th- they should have all been. F- they should have been fucking fired then for not doing their jobs.
2: Let me quote, and this let this, me this quote. new one is he's 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 forty nine years old. He's going to be here for fifty fucking years. Oh, there's, so another,
1: there's another two that
0: are over eighty. So don't worry, you could yeah. end up with a, a fairly uh, drastically uh, Republican uh, Supreme Court before uh, before Trump gets out. Yeah. But, you know, as to to quote the great Martin Luther King. Darkness can't drive out darkness. Only love can do that, Dave. Oh, God. It's time to love. It's time to love across the aisle. Was he actually you know
1: what? speaking to Dave when he said Here, it? read yeah, this, okay?
0: See, he said, read, uh, he read, said that only love can do that, Dave. Now bend over. Read this. <laughs> read this, okay? And Dave kept going, oh, the darkness.
2: <laughs> La
1: sagesse chinoise. Too light, too light. Make it darker, make it darker. <laughs>
0: uh oh, right shit. anyway what's the sujet de jour let's get off this um
1: this well, we have a little bit of time left to talk about uh, another um important topic uh sort of uh, you know a little bit of look into the future that doesn't involve a, a, a crazed president of the free world uh, <laughs> who knows uh we don't know but uh, it is uh, uh, we've been um talking a little bit about uh, autonomous um uh, uh, automation. automation, 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 robots, and um, how it's going to affect the future. But there's one thing that is really like sort of cutting edge. That's really uh, on everyone's minds these days is autonomous cars and how it can affect um, the car ownership and the way we get around in general and how it's going to work out. So you know, a lot of um, right now, a lot of focus is on companies like Uber, Google. Um, what's the other joint oh, Lyft.
2: Yeah, sure. The, um, the, the all these companies that are just kind of, oh, and of course looking. Uh,
1: Tesla, that are all um building and, and uh, focusing in their their R&D dollars on building self-driving cars and and whether we have self-driving cars, you know, next year or they're available in 10 years, it's going to make a major shift when they finally that's arrive. That's That's
2: yeah, that's going to be like I for me it's always I I compare a lot of things to this, but it's going to be like the uh the uh, digital camera to the uh, you know analog camera. It's going to revolutionize the way we um, transport ourselves. And the thing is, we talked about it briefly in a few other episodes. And uh, you know, it, people won't own cars anymore. Um, they're going to uh, just hire cars that are automated. You will have a service um, a service industry that's going to be completely. Uh, hauled over, uh, such as truck uh, truck driving. Um, so there's the pros and the cons to this, and the way I see it, it's going to um, obviously maybe facilitate our uh, our lives in uh, transport. But it's going to uh, create a vacuum um, in the jobs department um, that a lot of people uh, today work in these kind of uh, things: truck drivers, taxi drivers, ambulance drivers, uh, um, just driving in general. Uh, you know, if if you, if you buy fewer cars because you're going to rent or you're going to. Just call a service that you know is going to drive you, and it's going to be cheaper because there's no salary yeah, no, to pay. Um, exactly right. Then it's going to change the way we function, and how is that going to affect our society? I mean, that's uh, that's an that's an important question in in that type of automation.
1: Well, it's, uh, the, I think too, it kind of affects our our culture too. Like you know, when I grew up, um, you know, compared to today, and maybe it's just part of getting older, but I think also the concept of ownership and the Passion and the, and the pride of ownership of a car has changed, sure. You know, just in twenty years. But before that, even you know, obviously in the sixties, the fifties, the sixties, seventies, people uh, looked to car ownership as a as a hallmark of success. They looked to as know, a status, a rite of passage, as yeah, a status a symbol, symbol. You know, owning your first car was a big deal. And and th- there's been a lot of talk in the last say two or three years, ever since the really more or less since the global financial crisis, where millennials weren't able to afford cars. and They had no option to buy them. They didn't have jobs. They didn't necessarily need a car. And ownership of cars dropped off among millennials. And that's that short-term trend has turned around in the last few years as as, um, millennials have gotten older, but as also as their financial position has improved. They've been buying up more cars. And now in the U.S. they're selling record number of cars again. But still, as a percentage of ownership, it's Going down, and also the age at which people get a license is going down. Mm. But you can imagine a future where, if you buy a self-driving car, the need to if it's completely autonomous and it can be summoned by a, a cell phone app. If you buy now in today's mode of transport, you you buy your car, you have it resting inside your in front of your house. You know, at eight a.m., you jump in your car, you drive, do your commute, you park it at your office. And it stays there all day long as an asset that does very little for you, doesn't earn you any income, and it's depreciating while it's sitting there. But if it can be someone, and you can rent it out to anybody who needs it, you know, and there's um, enough... It's like the Uber of, you know, your own car. Yeah, it'd be just Uber. Put your car to work. Put your car to work. It's an asset that's sitting there, you know, wasting away, basically, you know, it's slowly it's it's getting older, It's it's getting, you know, it's wearing out. And if you can put it to work for you, it'll pay for itself. And then there's, you know, 20, 30 other people who will be able to use it during the day, in the right. course of a day or a right. course of a week, who won't need their own car. So suddenly you'd have far fewer cars that would be on the road almost constantly, completely autonomous. You would, you know, if you wanted to, um, you could imagine there's an app where you basically do like an Airbnb for your car. Mm. If you say, I, you know, I need to get some money and I need to have uh, as many drives as possible today, as many, you know, Renters, so I'm going to go with three-star renters. Don't care what they fucking do in my car. I'll rent it out and make money. Or you got a nice car and you want to protect it, so you say, "Oh, I want to have. I only want to have five-star renters who are going to borrow it, you know, and look after it and treat it nicely because they're all five-star. They've been rated by the by the other um, people that have serviced them. So you know, you do it that way. But at the end of the day, those cars are going to be working twenty-four hours a day because you know that card only has to sh- be there for you for the half an hour you need in the morning and half an hour do you, night.
0: Do you think that's gonna? I mean, I can't imagine that's gonna be the future of it though. Is that? No, that uh, could be
1: down the road. But that, no, no.
0: If oh. I can just finish my thought. No, no. no. <laughs> Sorry. Is that? Uh, I I don't think there'll be any private ownership of cars at all. It'll be it'll be a service industry. Uh, there'll be fleet owners who will be renting cars, and you. I mean, you you won't have a car at all. Essentially, you'll have. Uh, Membership of two or three fleets, uh, which you'll pay a, a fee for each year, and uh, and then potentially per hire or just a flat rate. Uh, you know, it, it'll become the same way as we use music now. You know, it'll be a service that you basically use when you when you need it, and 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 you pay a flat fee that's for a, that for the entire year. Yeah, I, that's I, a I, I think Personal car ownership. I think we're talking a long way down the, the road though. I,
1: well, I I don't I don't know. I don't know how far it things is. Things go you know? so fast though. People things change fast. People and, and they change in unexpected ways. Uh, and it can happen rapidly. You know, like for example, the Airbnb thing where you're buying a house and then you're and then the thing with the the Airbnb is a little is an example of where that idea kind of falls down is is the people who have capital enough to buy like in New York City, for example, right they had a big problem because Airbnb is supposed to be this sharing economy thing where everybody who has a home can rent it out and make some money on the side with it. But what happened was that anybody who had access to capital was able to buy up four or five apartments and start using Airbnb to rent them out and then it didn't become sharing economy it became the people who had capital could you know make more make more money, and the people who didn't have money found that there there was nothing left to rent because everybody was buying them up and renting them short-term to yeah, make well, this
0: it. This is also, this is something that's happening in, uh, in France as well. I saw an article on,
1: uh, yeah, in on essentially
0: the populations in the first and second Ohlindies one which have dived in the recent years, and, and the uh, mayor of uh, Paris, uh, and Hidalgo, Hidalgo, Hidalgo yeah. Spanish has, uh, has blamed, uh, you know, has pointed the finger at Airbnb, sort of saying, well, you know, people, pe- the, it's as lively as it ever was, but we, you know, essentially, you know, now it's, it's short-term renters. Yeah, but, they,
2: they well they're what, making they're, they've cra- got a war with Airbnb right now. Yeah. They they're 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 trying to get them
1: out of out. the center of Paris. What is the so what's the problem with the the f- first and second round this month? Is it what is it that the, there's no the grocery stores are closed? No, or? it's
0: it's super central to Paris, and so essentially what you what you you're ending up with is is people who, who are you know you don't have people living in these apartments; they're just rented on short term basis to tourists. So uh, and it's much more profitable. Well, sure, yeah, th- of course there's, it's profitable. There's, there's, there's two problems. There's One One is that essentially Airbnb is quite profitable, and secondly, the idea of renting long-term in Paris is not very attractive because it's very difficult to get your apartment back. Yeah, sure. Uh, and so, you know, the idea of renting, that's why an awful lot of people in Paris will rent uh, furnished apartments because then you can actually close the lease off re- relatively quickly. Whereas if you rent an, an empty apartment on a long-term basis... As uh, one of the people around this table knows, uh, eventually you can't get kicked out. and right. You can hold on to this thing for literally decades, and, and then it's it's rent-capped, and so you can't get market rates for it either eventually because the market beats your your, your 2% per annum uh, increase or whatever it is.
2: Yeah, sure. it's like 2.2 so or 2.5 or something like <laughs>
1: that. Well, you can see how these unexpected scenarios play out when you start changing the way that people use the technology whether they use the, the product, whether it's a house in an apartment in Paris or, um, you know, the, the Vancouver's got the same problems in the real estate or you start looking at the way people own and use cars. Whether or not people own their own car and want to rent it, you know, uh, informally through a through a, a handhold, you know, a phone and an app or you want to just, everybody just borrows their cars from Ford or from Nissan. These are the other ideas that are coming around now is that uh, car companies are trying to position themselves to move transition from a car company to a transportation or a mobility company because you know f- places like um, Nissan and I think they're in partnership with Renault here in France are trying to figure out okay how are people going to use cars in the future i think it's a bit of a fool's game though because it it's so easy you can you can create a strategy a business strategy for 10 15 years down the future and and try to predict what people are going to do, but it'll fall flat on its face when people don't do what you expect. Yeah, and yeah. then you know you spent billions of dollars on a development that goes into a brick wall.
0: I mean, car companies aren't aren't short. I'm I'm looking at an article here now by a, a very a very good journalist uh, who writes for the Street called um, the,
2: Paul. The best think, journalist. Called Paul Whitfield, actually. <laughs> How good is he? Uh, He's, anyway, unbelievable. He's he, got he, stories on sailors. It's amazing. He lifted an entire
0: uh, article off a, a, a BP um, annual survey which basically looks to predict the future. And BP is predicting that the number of cars on the roads will double over the next two decades to 1.8 billion. Uh, 1.2 billion of which will be owned in non-OECD countries. So essentially you've got... Uh, and, and in that way, cars are going to become a little bit like cigarettes in so much as you would expect in essentially developed countries these trends that you've been speaking about to be the most developed and car ownership to basically, uh, if not fall, uh, at the very least, the rate of growth to to decline. Whereas you've got an awful lot of countries which are essentially arriving at a point where they are moving from, you know, I mean, I, I spent some time in Vietnam and everyone drove scooters. Yep. And now Vietnam has serious problems because essentially what used to be, you know, enormous rivers of scooters is becoming, you know, much smaller rivers of cars because you fit a lot less cars into the same road space, basically. Uh, and as people are getting wealthier, they, you know, car is the status symbol. It's very much, you know... Exactly. The US, Australia, Canada of the 1970s or 80s where, you know, the car was, you know, what made you, uh, you know, a successful person. Uh, you know, and, and so this and uh, Much like cigarettes, it was a status symbol. Sure, their entire growth moved from uh, essentially Western societies to basically developing countries because people started to wise up in developing countries, and, and they're a little bit behind, unfortunately. And you know, and the idea of smoking a Marlboro in uh, in Vietnam was was luxury, whereas the idea of smoking a Marlboro in in France was still just cancer. Mm. So. Well, um, one of the interesting things, though, that they spoke about as well, uh, and which I think will will speak an awful lot to the potential development of um, you know these sorts of ser- services where you have cars flowing freely around the street, is the idea of um, of the growth of electric cars. And I think this is actually quite important, in so much as it's much easier to regulate. Uh, you know, I think I think it's much easier to regulate essentially the the use of an electric car than it is of a petrol car, because, you know, if you basically rent a petrol car and you need to fill up at some stage. Whereas, to a certain extent, I believe that electric cars, once we get batteries up to a certain point, and as long as doing short hauls... Maybe I'm talking complete shit, quite frankly. No, I don't think you're talking shit. Sure,
1: you're you're on the right track there, because... It's it's one element of it. I don't know if there's... I don't know if it's, you know, necessarily the... the, the, You know, going electric is going to be the linchpin that makes autonomous cars completely S- self-serving, like the like the, the Roomba vacuum. No, but it speaks to
2: millennials much
1: much uh, uh, much
2: better than a, uh, than well, you know the old uh, guard of cars. And the millennials are more conscious of what well, they want in and, uh, and want to be. I, I guess it's what, I a guess status symbol is to have an electric car. Yeah, no, I as guess well.
0: my point being that an electric car can basically service itself. I mean, it's going to be some time, or maybe maybe not. Maybe the technology might exist where where a petrol car will be able to fill itself up. But we've seen um, Tesla came out around about. Eight months ago, with this sort of like strange sort of Doctor Octopus type arm, that if you if the car just pulled up next to this thing, then this arm would come out and plug itself into your car.
1: And if that's that's a totally complicated way of doing it. They don't need to do it that way. Like those little Roomba vacuums that you can buy, they're robot vacuums. It has a docking station. Yeah, it's a docking. It just goes port. over and plugs itself and drives up, and there's two contacts in the front of it and two contacts on the car, yeah, and boom, it yeah. It's a charge it charges itself. That's all you need. It doesn't have to be some fucking robotic arm that, that you know. Well, have
2: you seen the Telsa, uh,
1: Tesla um, charging the plug port? Yeah, charging it's on port? the side of the, the taillights. Every, yeah. every every single electric car is different. But I am surprised, like, even, you know, you go down to, go down to Paris now and, you know, kind of wander around and look at the cars. There are a lot of electric cars or people who are using, more right now, it's the um, the plug-in hybrids. So they've got the gas motor for the range, and then they've got the... The uh, electric, high, you know, the, they're purely electric. You can get around just on the electric side in of things. the city. But in there the are city, a lot yeah. of those people around, and that's kind of what I was saying about how, you know, it might change. It might not change tomorrow, but it'll change fast. when it does, right. people are ready. The market's ready. Even if the even if the U.S. or not the U.S. but uh, the regulators are behind, or there's, you know, not the push, not the, f- the not, not the regulation saying you have to drive electric. People want to drive cleaner cars. They don't want to feel guilty when they're driving around.
2: Yeah, but it's also about being now with the now.
1: Well, that's what I mean. But it's, but a, it's, a, it's not just, you know, like, I yeah, but nobody, nobody lusts after a fucking less efficient or a more efficient car. It's not like no one's going to go, oh, you know, last yeah, but when year when you BMW, make that more
2: efficient car sexy and just good looking. But it's and very and
1: hard to do that. Like if you have, if you know, like BMW's yeah. flagship car with a, is like a f- whatever five liter V8 and you're gonna go, oh well, we have the we've stopped making that because it's fuel inefficient, and we have the three liter putt putt with the you know it can barely get out of its own way, but boy howdy, it just sips the gas. That's not a flagship car. That's not a car that people are gonna want after. So it becomes very they, now the whole marketing has to change because you can't make people o- open their wallets for something that's not powerful, not mm, sexy. Mm, it doesn't have the roar of the V8. You know, you have yeah. to you know you have to find a better way to. To package but, it.
0: But these things are uh, this is again to, to draw a comparison with cigarette uh cigarettes I mean there, there, there can be a generational change where essentially having a you know it used to be that smoking a cigarette was cool. I mean it it literally did. I yeah. mean it literally was one of the cooler things you could do was to have a cigarette basically, you know uh all the Formula One cars were essentially racing cigarette packets, all the movies all the movie actors smoked, etc. And I wonder whether our kids will grow up thinking that people who are forced to smoke are somehow disabled. You know, they've got a, they've got a character flaw. Well, oh like yeah, th- but in the same way that, that, that you, you might see someone driving around in their V8, uh, you know, Holden or, or um, whatever else and sort of
2: go, oh God, you're just a turd. Yeah, but you know, unfortunately, well, you <laughs> know, with all the bans on smoking, just to get, you know, sidebar on this, all the bans on smoking and, you know, the no smoking in restaurants and public spaces and all that stuff there's still the same amount of people smoking as there was 10 years ago. Oh, no, so,
0: that's not true. That's
2: simply that's, not true. That's so 100% true. They, well, the, how, yeah, but that's a, that's that's a are, wide statistic. You, are you talking about globally? Yesterday was yeah, day you, for day, you, you 10, 10 years in France since they banned smoking in restaurants. And apart from the fact that smokers say they, they prefer being in a restaurant where you know, you're not getting the secondhand smoke, sure. even smokers say that.
1: Yeah, yeah, your hangover the, is much the, less than
2: used the to be. The drop-off rate of smokers has not... It hasn't uh, spiked down. It's actually... In, t- in it's, France. In France. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm speaking for... Well, France I, 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 really, I just but, wanted to uh, clarify
1: which statistic you're
2: speaking And And, 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 and it is... <clears throat> it's shocking. And they're, they're even with the assault on all, all the, uh, the... Not to... I don't want to change the subject, but you were just on that one thing. And I think that you can't compare... The two, right? So,
1: uh, well, Paul's looking for the statistics right now. But, um, but going back to the the, the, the idea that cars are going to change, w- one of the other things that I is, I feel, and it seems to me, is that that ownership. The cars have become so um, homogenized and such a commodity mm. that whether you buy a Nissan or you buy a Ford or you buy a Volkswagen or whatever it is you want to buy, whichever brand you end up choosing, they're all so fucking similar. And not, and not necessarily in a bad way. They're so reliable. They go, you know, they go two, three, four, five years without needing to go to the mechanic. You don't need to worry about them. And they're also, you know, ubiquitous. They got the stereo. They got the, you know, they got the, they got everything you need. And they don't break, you know. They've all got power windows. There's very, very little to differentiate one car from another. In the old days, you know, one car had a better stereo. One car, this. Nowadays, you get in, you got your iPhone, you plug in your you, you, you Bluetooth, or you plug in your phone to the thing. Right. You fucking care? Yeah, what's down because there was it a,
2: there was a, there was a war. Japanese cars and and you know Asian cars like Japanese cars really took an advantage of the the American market, uh, and it started uh, it started post World War World War II with uh, actually German cars coming with the small uh, uh, Volkswagens coming to America, and the the American market was actually hurting. Because of these small cars, yeah, and, sure. And but they did not offer a very similar product. What What happened was it, Germany was rebuilding, and they didn't have a huge. The agriculture took a massive hit, and the um, the the German government um, was getting a, a, a huge influx of uh, American um, chicken. And there's a thing called the chicken tax, and it's a really interesting to statistics. And it's going to come back to vehicles. The, the thing called the chicken tax. And the um, the uh, they taxed the American chicken because the local farmers were getting were just you know getting outpriced by this influx undercut, of American undercut undercut, by undercut. This. And so what happened is America basically um, taxed import cars, and they called it the chicken tax on the imported cars, Volkswagens coming from Germany. And this is why American cars basically dominated their own market and they never changed for years. Look at through the 60s, 70s, 80s. You can look at an evolution of American car, but it's literally the same guts. Whereas you're going to look at European cars and they're really smaller, more compact. They're working on the engines. That's why uh, European cars have always been uh, way more advanced in diesel. And this competition and this tax formation... Uh, created uh this this gap in the American evolution of cars and and today you 're going to have the same problem um, for for me it 's the exactly the same problem uh, modernly like with the modern cars and the american cars and they 're only doing catch up right now the american Americans are way way
1: behind in that well yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, we don't live in the U.S., and it's hard to compare what's going on with the U.S. car market to what we experience here in France, but I think that for the most part, whether you're getting into a Mercedes or you're getting into uh, sort of a bottom of the range, even a Kia, In you know, like in North America, you see a lot more Kias. Yeah,
2: Kias, that's what it is. That, Everybody fucking a,
1: drives those things, man. Nobody would... That's Korean. I, I know it's Korean, but it, and it's a very cheap Korean car, even compared to like a, a Mazda or Mazda or... But uh, the
2: Americans have had trouble catching up to these all these imports. But everyone drives those things. Yeah. But
1: the point I'm trying to make, though, is that whether you drive a Kia or a Mercedes, all of the options that you really need to make a car comfortable are totally available in a, in a mid-range Kia or a mid-range Honda. Yeah. Power windows, electric seats, heated seats, all the you know, necessary Every gauges, th- and a decent stereo. That's all you fucking need, right? The car f- drives fine. You want to spend a little bit extra. Now car companies are going out of their way, you know, the top of the range, trying to c- tack on bullshit features that are totally useless and make the car unreliable because the electronics are, are become unreliable. But you buy, jump in a car, and drive, it, drive away, so it doesn't matter what you drive. So it doesn't create any passion or any pride in ownership. You buy it. It's a commodity. It doesn't matter. You don't even know which car it is. Yeah. Cause you can't tell because they're all the same. And then you and then you
0: drive it. It's true. I mean, you used to buy a. Car. You, there was a time within our lifetimes, and you know, some of us are older than others, but uh, you know, no, with, it's true. Within your two grandpa's lifetimes,
1: <laughs> that, I remember
0: that you used to buy a car based on reliability. Yeah, that's gone. That doesn't matter it, anymore. It, it, every car works for essentially twenty to thirty years now, if you can be bothered to hold on to it for that long.
1: The biggest thing you might consider now is customer service. One customer, ser- the customer service of one company over another is maybe something where you kind of focus your in terms of maintenance and, and reliability. Well, can I change the subject
0: slightly? Still on the same subject, but just change the focus. How is uh, automation of cars going to affect? Us. So if you're talking about essentially, you, you know, your your, your family uh, driving around, I mean, the most obvious thing for me is, and this is something which may actually move against this idea of less cars on the road with automation, is that if I can send my kids to school in my car without driving them there, I'm not going to catch a bus anymore. A bus? Yeah. So what mean, bu- what's a bus? Who's going to catch a bus? <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's say, let's say that uh, my, my son will be going to school yeah, uh, yeah. by bus for the, basically the entirety of his life. If at some point I get a car that I can program, look, take my son to school, sure. drop him off, that's the end of the bus.
2: Yeah, but you have to what? also you no, have to also I say that know. everybody's got access to these kind of vehicles. There's still a whole popu- swath of I'm the population that
0: doesn't have money to spend on that. The end of
2: the bus for everyone is the end of the bus for me. Sure,
0: I mean, sure. if you I, mean, I you mean
1: no, you, you mean it's the end of the bus for your son. My son, yes because
0: if if basically i can get him if i can stick him in a car know that it's going to drive there safely more safely than i could drive him there and and he doesn't he doesn't have to be standing out you know i can basically be 10 minutes late to catch the bus or you know 10 minutes late for what it would have to be to catch the bus i can just stick him in my own car and say oh, off you go I mean,
1: that's going to be... No, it's a, a, it's a good point. I hadn't really considered that, but that's a good question, like almost an ethical question. Would you buy a car or even, like let's say you just call up a car on your phone. That there, There's an app. You just dial it in, tell, I need a car here. It, it, it comes to your house. Would you stick your kids in the car and let them drive to, to school or wherever, fucking dance lessons, whatever, without a driver?
0: Yes, in, <laughs> a, in a second. <laughs> yeah. know. No, because, I mean, what are you, you going to... Well, tr- that's automation, you, you, right? At so. the moment, you trust someone who you don't know, who is infalli- who is a fallible human being... The bus driver. ...to drive your children to school with 30 screaming kids distracting him or her as they drive along, basically, amongst a bunch of other drivers, uh, sure, you know, who also well, don't know quite also what they're distracted. doing. Yeah, sure. If I can stick them in a car that has essentially, you know... Far lower accident rates because it's computerized. Mm. And realizing there could be an accident, but also accepting that there can be an accident on a bus or on a train or whatever so, else.
1: Well, this takes us back to Terminator 2 then. So do you think that Arnold Schwarzenegger would have been the perfect dad <laughs> for um, John Connor? Because he never was going to hit him. He would never yell at him. He would do everything he could to protect oh, him. I really, no. that's what you're talking about. No, that's because uh, he would have spoiled him. Okay. That's the problem. You,
0: you've got to be. You've got to be able to shout at them at least. I mean, uh, hitting's probably a step too far. Well, but especially
1: you know. when you got. You know. You I think my chicken tax
2: was better than that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I think that, that there's so many changes coming up, and, and you but know, I mean, self-driving cars you driving it, your you family. You think about
0: it. At, at a certain point, you don't go shopping anymore. You order your shopping online. You send your car. That's up to it it already.
1: Up. It's already that way. You
0: send out your car, your own car, to pick it up. You don't have to be home at a certain time to pick up your, your shopping from, you know, the delivery service. You just basically send your car out, drives through the drive through Whoever's there loads it in probably some robot by now. Fuck yeah, automated robot. And uh, and basically your car drives back with your shopping. And in the meantime, you've been, I don't know, uh, playing
1: the latest no, version, no, but virtual fr- no, reality, no, no, reality porn you're, game. No, 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 you're right though because you're working from home. Your and productivity VR. doesn't change. You know, you, you do your shopping. It comes to your house. You do your uh, shopping list on your phone or on your computer. It's all d- delivered to you. Your car goes Amazon up and, drone. No, but it's true <laughs> because, you know, if you think about the time you spend grocery shopping, because I do that now where I order the groceries online.
2: And then you drive. And we yeah. drive
1: up there and then they just put them in the back of the car. It's, you know, it, depending on how big of a shop you want to do, that's like an hour of your time. And that's a free service, they don't charge you any extra for that no. service. And it saves you an hour, right? Yeah, but you,
2: you have your list
1: already programmed on there It's already now. programmed, i yeah. sure. But that's, you know, you got to go through and pick through it. It takes you maybe, maybe half an hour. But you know what? If you've got a few kids at home or whatever, and you can't afford to leave the house, but you can do your shopping while you're kind of like, you got one eyeball on the kids and one eyeball on the computer, and then you, and then you do the shopping, and then you pick it up, you, know, you set it up for a convenient schedule for you, it saves you an hour of your day. So in the, in that hour, you can be doing whatever it is you need to do that, you know, you wouldn't be able to do if you sure. were shopping. Sure, sure. And so then now you tack on the drive, too. The, you know, you, you don't have to drive up there because your car will go up and do it for you. You know, it's all automated and it's all, um, it's all collated so that when your your car knows, oh, you've made a, an appointment with uh, the the grocery store, so we'll go, it'll leave, you know. It's it'll save you so much time so you can focus on on being creative or writing or doing your thing or whatever.
2: Yeah, I I, I I agree with all that, you know, conjunction of like saving time and stuff like that. But at the end, who's gonna pay for all this and where are you gonna work when everything's automated?
1: <laughs> Fuck. But this is another thing too. Yeah, I mean, we will we'll end up with a we'll end up with a blend, I think, of 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 options. Some people Maybe they live closer to town. They prefer to walk and get their groceries, or whatever they can get. Another people live further out of town, and they want to drive. They want to have a self-driving car. Another people again will live maybe in a rural area. Mm. They, you know, the, the cars, the self-driving cars just aren't equipped to deal with the roads in that area, and they have to drive themselves. You know, so you'll either have a you won't you'll be part of a car service that's operated by Ford or or Uber or whatever. I think it was Uber actually. We just recently came out uh, today or yesterday and said they made an agreement with um, Mercedes to um, develop cars. Um, you know, sp- self driving cars specifically for Uber. So there's. Can you imagine we're going to come to a point in the future where essentially the only uh, you know
0: two people driving are essentially people who can't afford a self driving
2: car
1: or real enthusiasts. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true that was they'll be
2: boxed in by, that's by, by self-driving cars you can't go well, anywhere that,
1: that would be exactly how you describe someone on a horse yeah and
0: this is the other thing that's going to be I mean it's going to spin your mind out you're going to see the people driving down the, the, the road basically you know driving themselves for, for whatever reason keeping you know the spaces between them and being fuel inefficient because they're, they're creating all this drag etc and then you're going to have these convoys of self-driving cars driving within centimeters of each other yeah, essentially, these road trains driving down these these roads. I mean, you'll have you'll have lanes for these cars, but they would they, they were no doing that, that in the
1: nineties. They had that technology laid out in the nineties, where they had. I remember seeing that in a video of like like six or ten Buicks, like you know, all converted to self driving, and this is before the internet. They were using markers on the highway. Like, yeah, that's like right, Ivo markers, and they were doing that. Like they were all they were all dragging each other to re- cut down on the uh, air friction. Yeah, and, and because these things will be moving as one. I mean, the front car breaks. The back car breaks yeah. at exactly the same. They're moment. communicating. Yeah, know. they're communicating. Not, so, like, uh, yeah. not like our shitty system of doing it. Oh, oh I did. Brake I did lights. a
2: report. I did a report in the nineties on uh, mail, uh, mail rooms and um, uh, the automatic uh, robots that deliver mails to oh, yeah. companies on the same floor. So they've got these kind of invisible lines painted on the floor, and the robots follows that line and stops in front of every office, and people come out and pick up their mail. And it was just kind of an interesting like it's like, ooh, this is new. Technology was the nineties, you know. And will (laughs) it will it change travel as well? I mean, I'm talking, you know, serious travel. For example, if
0: if I can get on a if I can get in a car, you know, and and potentially, you know, there becomes very little reason to have seats set up as we have them at the moment, facing forward, et cetera, et cetera. You essentially have a bunch of stretch limos where everyone's facing each other or facing sure whichever direction they possibly want. (laughs) And and I need to go to, uh, let's say I need to go, you know, five hours, six hours, 12 hours by car. Now, if I was going 12 hours by car, I would consider in France taking a train because it's very fast. That that would cut it down to about four or five hours. Or I would catch a flight. But if I can get in a car and fundamentally lie down and sleep for six or seven hours of that, uh, potentially work or just watch a film, yeah, that's that's
1: already. Been th- they've actually laid out uh, that that concept. Sure. Um, I think it was one of the airlines in the U.S. C- one of the CEOs was sort of envisioning how a self-driving car scenario would completely decimate the um, airline short-haul, industry, short haul flights, yeah. and the hotel system in the U.S. Specifically speaking the, about the U.S. market, the but you can imagine a um, a guy who lives in L.A. He's got a meeting in San Francisco, and he's got to be there at eight in the morning or nine in the morning for the meeting. And he's at ho- so instead of sleeping in his house and then fly... Or say let's say, let's say he's going he's gonna to be there Monday morning. So he flies up Sunday, stays overnight, uh, Sunday night, and then goes to the meeting on Monday. Now, fuck that. He gets in his car on Sunday night in his pajamas. He's got a suit hanging <laughs> in the car. <laughs> exactly. he, he drives overnight, sleeps in the car. The car drives him to San Francisco. He, he wakes up at a, at a newly created roadside service center where it's an <coughs> electric car charge, shower... Um, sort of cleanup center. That's the new business, by the new way. New business, yeah. yeah it is. No, business. exactly. And and then he goes from that place into town. He has his meeting. No hotel room. No air flight. No flight. Does his meeting. You know, has uh, but stops for a bite to eat, whatever. Turns around and drives home. He's home by the afternoon. And uh, and he hasn't been on the flight. And he hasn't got out of his car.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, av- avoiding avoiding the the two hours at an airport, both sides, yeah, right, makes it completely worth yeah, it. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally, totally worth it. You know, and he and to save some money in the hotel as well. So, uh, and it's a you know, I guess if I guess if um, the, they they build this hyperloop, which gets them from L.A. to San Francisco in a, f- a few hours or few uh, sorry forty what is it twenty five minutes or forty five yeah. minutes, that changes the ball the the uh, ball game too, but. Yeah. There's, you know, you can imagine a scenario where, you know, it's just easier to drive. Like, jump in your self-driving car and go.
0: But uh, as you say, I mean, there, there will always be this this uh, impetus to basically uh, pursue greater speed. But it's it's all about time saving. A- and the truth is, the time saving is not just going faster. It's also using up wasted hours. And if you travel overnight in a car, or you take the Hyperloop, then essentially
1: you and you've got a day's worth of meetings that. that then it's, much a of, it's much of a muchness, but also that's another thing too. If your car is a electric, and b it's t- it's self driving, so it doesn't get distracted. It's, it doesn't get um, it doesn't have tunnel vision. It can it can do 180 kilometers, 200 kilometers an hour, nonstop, stop, legally,
0: 30 centimeters from the car in front of it, you right? Know,
1: with zero drag, super basically. high density, and it doesn't matter what the weather is.
0: A- and traffic is minimize because all of a sudden you've got a bunch of cars zipping around at, at, at ridiculous speeds because they're all basically
1: linked into each other and so they all know what each other's doing. Yeah, and if there's a tr- if there's a uh, you know an accident or a deer on the highway ten kilometres ahead, all the cars that are up there can communicate to the cars behind.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like what we have on our apps in ways uh, yeah, ways and stuff like you that.
1: You know, those, that's <coughs> that you know if the cars are actually tied into a network that, that are c- forced communication.
2: It'll be the same kind of network. It's a shared network. Shared network, like,
1: yeah. But that, that everybody shares. But information that will, you know, like nowadays, that would, you know, if there's a deer, if everyone's doing 120 on the highway kilometers, and there's a, a deer on the highway, that creates a massive traffic jam. Yeah. Because you know people can't react to it. People can't transmit the information back down the line. You know. But if people can communicate that to the point where, or let's say, that, you know, it caught. Let's say there's a car. Uh, an animal on the road, just like, you know, a random, uncontrolled, uncontrollable occur- occurrence, yeah, and that causes a, a an accident, now that, that creates a massive traffic jam t- in today's world because we can't communicate that information fast enough. But if you have all these self-driving cars tied together, then it, you know, pretty soon the cars in the back that are creating this accident are slowing down or, you know, at least they're able mm-hmm. to avoid the accident the cars even further back are getting off the highway and searching for new routes that are, that are not blocked. Mm. And so, the, like you said, the, the, the stream of traffic is much less interrupt, uh, uh, you know, uninterrupted.
0: Can you imagine how much better filtering is going to be?
1: Essentially, merging is going to be for
0: Seamless. the first time in history History's. work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's you true. You're going to have some prick in a Volvo who basically can't work like it, it out. Like it s- does in Canada.
2: It'll look like some Korean military march where they just they're completely synchronized and you don't even know but like how they learn traffic lights.
1: Traffic lights, (laughs) traffic lights will be uh, be uh, eliminated. But so I think we can we can look at this point and we can talk about it for hours and there's a lot to uh, cover here. But I think we can. uh, I think think we're getting
2: we're we're going to revisit a lot of these topics and kind of merge them like we do everything anyways. Um, You know, in the next uh, couple uh, shows. Um, uh, you guys want to add anything or buy for me? <laughs> so guys, we're taking a break for next week. Uh, Couple we weeks. are on vacation, uh, for the next, uh, 10 days, two weeks. Okay. So the next two weeks I got the sign. Uh, <laughs> um, and I think, uh, we'll be back with an invigorated, refreshed, uh, Uh, view on things and hopefully our uh, sujet du jour uh, uh, Trump will be uh, out of office. Uh, No, I didn't say that. Alright, cheers guys. Uh, Have a good vacation and talk to you soon. Bye. Good night.